Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Obviously, it was an easy decision once it kind of came up that it was a possibility and nowhere else that I wanted to be. Um, and obviously, with two years still to go, and obviously when it came up and the option was there, it was like I said, it was an easy decision. And not only for me, but for Renee and the kids. And it's obviously not just about me anymore. And I'm glad that obviously Renee and the family are happy here. And um, yeah, he's very easy decision. That's Joe Ingles meeting with the media talking about the contract extension we were telling you about yesterday. Another year, $14 million. An easy decision, PK. Great. Now go win games. Hey, they can do that tonight. Oklahoma City Thunder coming to town, 7 o'clock. The season opener. They'll be at home tonight. It's on AT&T Sportsnet. And only one player is on the injury report. Dante Exum is listed as out for tonight's game, rehabbing that knee. Just tell me when he's in. Don't tell me when he's out. Everybody else is ready to go tonight. One thing to watch for, uh, we all watch how many points they give up in the first quarter. 25? Good. 30? Bad. Anything else you're going to be looking for tonight? Uh, win the game. Good. That's win the game. Lose the game. Bad. That's all I'm looking for. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Siakam, running start. Into lane, goes right at Oakford. Leans in. Foul! Bucket! Three-point opportunity coming for Pascal Siakam and a chance to bring the Raptors within one. To the sideline, the band fleet for three. Those onions have been big tonight as Van Fleet buries his fifth triple of the game and the Raptors have opened up a five-point lead in overtime. Leonard on the right wing, guarded by James, attacks down the right alley, pump fake in the lane, turnaround jumper from eight feet is good on the right block. Kawhi Leonard stuck on automatic with 28 points. Highlights from the two opening games. That was Toronto beating the Pelicans in OT, 130-122, to behind 34 points from Siakam and 34 more from Van Vliet. And then in the late game, the Clippers hold off the Lakers, 112-102. Kawhi Leonard going for 30 in that game. What caught your eye from the, the opening night of basketball there? I noticed Derek Favors didn't play a lot. I didn't weird. watch that game one oh. second, so I can't help you. They had, they had 12 guys play 12 minutes or more. It was an odd rotation that I don't think anything anyone expects will last. Oh, Watch a little of the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah. Clippers' bench was incredible, man. 60 points. Yep. Four yeah. guys coming in just lighting it up. LeBron and Davis, two points in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm saying about Davis. And it's great what you did in New Orleans when nobody was watching you. I didn't watch New Orleans. Did you tell me New Orleans, did New Orleans play last night? Is that what you're saying? The Pelicans oh, opened okay. in Toronto. I didn't watch one second of that because uh, nobody cares about New Orleans. Uh, so what are you going to do here? You didn't do very well in the first game, but it's a long way to go, so I'm not going to draw any outrageous conclusions. Danny Green gave him 28. That was a big night for the Lakers there. But not enough as they dropped the opener to the Clippers. Big slate coming up tonight. Tons of games. ESPN's got a doubleheader, and the Jazz are on TV as the NBA really gets going full board tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
know, obviously, you know, uh, all good things come to an end. So I'm looking forward to getting out to San Fran and showcasing my talent and, you know, uh, meeting the guys and um, hopefully, you know, adding, you know, my explosiveness and, you know, my capabilities to our system and, you know, and trying to, trying to win. That's Emmanuel Sanders. Broncos and Niners swinging a trade. The undefeated Niners trading a third and fourth round pick to Denver in exchange for Sanders and a fifth round pick. Don't see a, usually see a lot of trades in the NFL, but the Niners addressing a need in a year when they feel like maybe they can do something big here. Off to a 6-0 start. Where you go, Niners. Jason Pierre-Paul joined his teammates in Tampa Bay. His first practice since suffering a broken neck in an off-season auto accident. Yikes. Yeah, see what he can add there. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swinging a fly ball, well hit to left field. Way back goes this one. It's got a chance. It's going, going, and long gone up under the railroad tracks. Welcome to the World Series, Juan Soto. Nationals tie the game at two as Juan Soto goes opposite field for a tape measure home run onto the railroad tracks. Good pitching supposed to be good hitting, but good hitting be good pitching. Two big-name starters, but it's a 5-4 game in the end. That was Juan Soto with a massive home run. He added a two-run double, a three-run fifth inning. The difference is the Nationals hold off the Astros 5-4. There's been a lot of talk about the Nationals and is the bullpen good enough. And it was a little shaky, but they got it done. Great pitching beats great hitting and great or good hitting. Good pitching doesn't do it. George Springer, Major League Baseball record, homering in a fifth straight World Series game, but not enough as the Astros can't hold on to that 2 nothing lead. That's his fifth straight. He didn't homer in five straight World Series games. He didn't play in one last year. Game two tonight. Verlander will try to get it done for the Astros and even the series up at a game apiece. Strasburg on the mound for the Nationals. Got a vibe tonight? Oh, yeah. All sorts of vibes. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL in Seattle tonight to face the Sounders. Western Conference playoffs. LA, uh, the winner will play the uh, win the uh, battle of the two LA teams. It's 8 o'clock tonight. RSL went to Seattle earlier this year and got beat, but... Yeah, but they punked him in August, man. Three, See? three. What do you call that? I, I say zero. Three nil. Because uh, I'm an American sports fan. You can nil. say three zero. We'll know what you mean. Three nothing. Nil. No. I, <laughs> Yuck. I'm not, I, I don't. I'm not from there. I'm from here. I'm an American. Three through nada. and through. No. Three nothing. <laughs> three zero. And they had all them guys. So I mean. I don't care what happened. I mean, I know you're a fan, so you're going to point out, oh, they lost people. No, 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 no. I don't have any investment in it, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to point out the positive. Well, the downside to that would be the game isn't here. And how many of the fans are going to come out and make a play? I don't care where the game. Again, two negatives here. Man, dog. And Deloitte's not even calling you, so you're not running out of the studio. Come on, big fella. Relax. It's just a game. Don't be all negative going into it so you don't get your little tender feelings hurt if they lose. Jeez, the two things he says about Arzo were both negative. <laughs> he's preparing himself. <laughs> but he's not a, you know, neutral. Come on. You were exposed. 
RSL, second best home record in the Western Conference. Second worst among the Western Conference. Three negatives. Games. Give me four. Give me a fourth one. No, I was going for the hat trick. I'll buy you donuts tomorrow if they lose, so you'll you'll get over it. No, I don't <laughs> want donuts. I'm going to stop at three. <laughs> I like if you ever attack him, he has to immediately go in defense mode at all times. That's what's fun. That's why I do it. If you just blow me off, I'd stop doing it. But you don't, and it makes it more fun. RSL in Seattle, 8 o'clock tonight. DJ and PK. There are the headlines. There is what is trending, and we're flying through them because coming up at 7.15, Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator. We want to be back from break in time to talk to the Cougars offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. That's coming up next. Riley Jensen at 8 o'clock. Tim Brando from Fox Sports at 9 o'clock. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Five for the fight is going to continue to be with the Jazz until 23. Patch to go with it. Qualtrics and the partnership has been able to produce over $24 million in the fight against cancer. Once again, the organization continues to show that they walk the walk when it comes to really being a part of community outreach and fighting something like this. So big tip of the hat to everybody involved. And congrats to Jazz fans and Jazz Nation for holding this up and supporting it. $24 million so far raised towards cancer research. And we've got this through 2023 now. Yeah. It's doing amazing good in the community. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, join us, DJ and PK, Friday, 7 to 10. We're going to be at Murdoch Chevrolet, 2375 South, 625 West in Woods Cross. DJ and PK, Time now to talk BYU football with the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Uh, We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Is there anything better than a really big win before a bye week? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I know there's nothing worse yeah. than a big loss right before a bye week. That's for sure, yeah. Typical coach. The losses are always harder yeah. than the wins are uh, joy- joyful. I've found that. A lot of coaches say that over the years. And- yeah, sadly, sadly, that's the truth of our existence. Yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, we, we go and watch all your games, uh, speaking of BYU, and I cannot put my finger on it. I thought even compared to the SC win, which at that point was the high watermark, something was different about the Boise the game, the Boise game. The energy, the passion, the enthusiasm from everyone involved, from the head coach down to the lowest player, whoever it might be, and everybody in between. That was my what I took from that game. And I don't know if you necessarily agree, but to me something was different about the level of intensity and emotion. Can you help explain it? Well, I think first um, there was there was certainly um, a sense of hunger uh, after after you lose um, for basically a month in a row, you know, because we had the bye week in there. So for for four weeks we had that that losing stink in our in our nose, and just I think we're desperate 
for a win. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. And then I think everybody, I think everybody uh, from Kalani, I agree with you from Kalani all the way throughout the organization, um, I thought showed up with, with an excitement to play the game. And then, you know, it, it, it helps when you get off to a good start. We haven't done that often this year. And so for us to, to score points early, I think was, was a positive that, that kind of fueled the team on. And then, and then we hit a couple of big plays. You know, we've, we've missed some of those big plays. We hit, a, hit on a couple. And I think that just added to the emotion. So speaking of the big plays, I'm curious, and, and maybe, you know, when you're calling plays, you, you hold your breath every time you send a play in. I don't know. But, you know, you hit on the big plays, and everybody celebrates them. And yet right now, you know, they called a, they called a fake play in Arkansas. And if you Google it, you know, you start seeing headlines, worst fake punt of all time, because it ended up being an interception in their own backfield. So when you call the play... In that moment, because of what you've seen on film, do you end up with a ton of confidence? Or once you send it in, is there a moment where you're like, oh, boy? <laughs> some, of, some of both. Um, uh, like the first one, the fourth and one pass to Bushman. Um, funny story, in a roundabout way, I kind of got that play from Boise. When I was at Colorado working for Dan Hawkins, I was on staff with a bunch of Boise guys, uh, Eric Keesaw, Kent Riddle, Mark Helfrich was the OC, and that play was a play that we ran there that they had run at Boise State when Hawk and them were there. And so um, that's a play that those guys know, but I, I just they're a, they're a zero coverage team on short yardage and especially fourth and one. I felt like it would be there, and we talked about it all week. And and um, so then when when we called it, I looked at the defense and saw how the safeties played, and I felt I felt pretty confident that one was going to be there. But you never know. I mean, stuff can go wrong. I mean, somebody can cover, somebody could fall down, the quarterback could stumble and drop the ball. So you never know. Um, and then the next one, Matt, the, the the reverse pass, Matt was so open, I was worried. <laughs> that one, you know, when the ball is that in the air that long and a guy's that open, you always kind of worry about it when it hangs in the air. So, I don't know, there's some of both, but until until it hits, yeah, you're always a little bit concerned. So I'm wondering, Jeff, how you recapture that form of desperation that you had against Boise when you play Utah State, because as you know, football, particularly when you're playing an in-state game like this, it's nice that you won a couple of weeks ago, but everyone's going to be expecting, even more so since you beat Boise, to take that, channel that effort that you had against Boise and have the same thing as Logan. So can what can you do to repeat that effort? Do you need to drum into these guys that you actually lost the Boise game or how would you get it to where they need to be yeah that's a that's an excellent question um if I could answer that then then um then I'd be a great coach (laughs) I I think I think um our players will be motivated to play that game and you know that's college football is funny um the team that is most inspired to play um often wins or at least gives themselves a chance to win sometimes even when they shouldn't on game day and I know that sounds crazy to to people that haven't been a part of the game um, because you only play 12 or 13 times in college football during the season you'd think you'd be up every Saturday to play but 
um, it just doesn't it doesn't always happen that way. And so my goal, and I know Kalani's goal, is is to create a team that shows up every Saturday hungry to win. Um, but but we're not quite there yet as as a team. And so I think this this next game in Logan will be a, a great opportunity, a great test for us to show that we've that we've matured enough to put two big games back to back. BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How have you had to change things as you've gone through uh, multiple running backs and now multiple quarterbacks? You're, you're three deep at quarterback this year as well. How, how has that changed your job as offensive coordinator? Um, you know, I, I think a fortunate thing is the players we have played with have had similar skill sets, um, particularly at, at quarterback and running back. And I would say that we've, that we've tweaked some things more than we've had to really change a lot. You know, we might change this, this run play to this formation. Maybe you run this one from the pistol instead of offset. Cause this guy does that a little bit better. Um, maybe this, this quarterback does this, this concept just a little bit better, but we haven't we haven't had to alter things a whole lot. Um, probably changed a little bit more with the offensive line with the injuries there. Just um, just simplifying and and doing things to help them out a little bit with some of those young guys in there. I was so impressed with Finau and the way he ran with a level of passion. And I know you have to have holes by the offensive line and all that stuff, but how important is it for the for the running back to run pretty much, it seems so simple to say, but as hard and as, as intense as he can? Yeah, I, I thought both of, both of the backs that played um, – you know, soup was banged up too. So the two guys, him and and Peeney, I thought both ran with, with a lot of passion and a lot of energy, and that just has a way of inspiring your whole team. Right. You know, I, I just there's something that a running back can do when he makes a big run, whether it's, whether it's the big touchdown run on on the option or whether it's um, a run between the tackles that that a guy drags a couple of guys and and makes a hard fought first down that that has a way of really inspiring your linemen and tight ends to block just a little bit harder and inspires everybody i think to to play with confidence particularly at home too because that gets the crowd really going yeah so you've got utah state coming up and you know as an independent you don't see teams and build up the same reservoir knowledge, especially among the players as you might if you were in a conference playing somebody every year. But you are playing Utah State every year, so you'd think you'd have something to draw on there, except they just had a coaching change. So, how different are they? How much are you starting over with these guys in preparation as well? They are different, certainly, um, but we, we have a lot of familiarity with with the staff. You know, I've played against Gary several times, and certainly... Um, a-Rod and, and Fessy and Steve know those guys as well as, as Justin. And there, there's some familiarity with the staff that I think will help, but every year takes on a little bit uh, different flavor, and so they're playing just a little bit different than they have. And um, as always, though, that, that team plays, plays hard and plays physical, and I think they do a great job getting, um, getting a lot out of their players. We often hear that 
some coaches have philosophies and staffs have philosophies. A player doesn't lose his position due to injury. I'm not sure what your and Kalani's dis, uh, philosophy is regarding that, but how are you going to approach that position at quarterback if Hall is cleared? Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a challenge for us, but a good one. You know, it's always better to have those situations where you have where you have more guys playing, and you're trying to decide who's gonna play rather than not. And we're gonna let them both practice and compete and see who who practices better and looks more ready. But we um, we haven't made a decision on that yet, and probably won't until sometime uh, in the latter part of next week. How much do you address consistency issues with the guys and how much do you not have to address it because they already know it and it speaks for themselves? I mean, you beat Tennessee and USC, but you lost to Toledo and South Florida. Then you beat Boise State. Man, if I had predicted that at the start of the year, first off, people would have thought I was crazy and then I would have turned out to be some kind of crazy genius. (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, you address it. You address it weekly. Um, but then once that game's over, you got to move on, you know. And so you just you don't talk about what happened. I don't anyway, and I don't think most coaches do. You don't talk about any of the wins that happened before or the losses. Um, you really just try to focus on playing our very best this week. I think if you get caught up in too much of that other stuff, then you're you're focusing on things that don't matter really. I think you focus on what what has allowed us to play well this year and when we've played well um we've we've done the things that typically win games you know we haven't turned the football over and we've showed up excited to play and and um scored in the red zone the things that you always talk about and so um i think we just really try to focus on those things and and then lean on our leaders i've tried to do a a better job this year leaning on the leaders of our offense, um, on on Micah Simon, on Matt Bushman, on Brady Christensen, James Empey, those guys that are that are the strongest leaders on our team. I've tried to lean on them to impress upon the young guys that that you have to show up ready to play every week, and then and then what a big game this is against Utah State. Do you think the offense has gone to Matt Bushman enough this season in the passing game? No, I don't think you could ever throw the ball too much to a guy like Matt. Um, but I don't think the ball has gone enough to Micah either, or to Talon either. You know, I mean, when you have when you have guys that can make plays, you know, there's only one football that can go around, and certainly Matt's at the top of that list. And and we've tried a lot. Some teams have worked a little bit harder and done a little bit better job than others of covering him, whether that be putting a guy on him who could actually cover him man-to-man, pressing him at the line of scrimmage and make it hard for him to get off the line. That can be a challenge for a tight end sometimes. It's a little bit longer and takes a little bit uh, more time to get going. Or or with double coverage, and some teams have done have done both of those things to him. And so when that happens, we've got other guys that we feel like we can get the football to. But we've certainly tried to target him, and, and we'll continue to find ways to get the ball to him. You can't get the ball to him too much. Jeff Grimes, BYU offensive coordinator, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What have you thought of the offensive line play as a group this year? Inconsistent, like the rest of our offense. There have been times um, where where I look at how we're playing, and I'm proud of those guys, and I go, okay, this is this is a group that now is is making the 
the kind of jump that that we hoped they would this year. But they are still young, and we have been playing musical chairs a little bit. And nobody's expectation level for the offensive line is higher than mine is, and so I'm I'm often not pleased, regardless of of their outcome. But um, I thought this last week in particular, they came together and and played well, even given the fact that we were out four guys. You know, we had four guys that were out, and and another guy who was who was dressed for the game, but but probably only at about 70% of his full capacity. And so um, I felt like this last Saturday was one of our better performances, and, and we're certainly hoping to build on that. What was different or better with you on the sidelines? Um. I don't, I don't know if anything was necessarily better. I think, you know, I've spent most of my career on the sideline and started out the season down there last year and then felt like um, when we made the switch in style and switched to Zach as a quarterback um, and went more no huddle, I went up just because I felt like it would give me a better, a better viewpoint. Um, and that's certainly true. But I just felt like we needed a little bit more something on the sideline, a little bit more um, energy, confidence, toughness, accountability, any any of those things that I felt like I might be able to add and not that not that I necessarily have have more of it than other people, but um, I do have a voice and and um, I just felt like it would be a, a positive for our team for me to be down there, and, and I mentioned it to Kalani, and he agreed. And then I think another big part of it is what does your staff look like, and do you have guys that you can trust up in the box? And we, we certainly do. And so, you know, we honestly, we call the game together collaboratively um, anyway. We, we put together the game plan that way. I've said that since – since the first day I was hired, that this wasn't going to be my offense; it was going to be our offense. And so, A. Rod does a great job of seeing things during the game. Steve Clark helps to a great extent upstairs as well. Shoot, Fessy does a great job even on the sidelines. There are times that he he says, "Hey, how about this play right here?" So, um, if I didn't have what I do in terms of the help at other places, I, I don't know that I'd be able to do that as the OC. But the the experience and the quality of our staff, I think, gives me the flexibility to go either place. You know, you mentioned you were at Colorado. You've coached at a lot of schools and different conferences over the course of your career. I'm thinking you haven't had very many years where you had to do these four long road trips, and you got the fourth one coming up to UMass. What have you had to tweak because of all that travel? How big or maybe how little of an issue has that been over the course of the season, the impact on the guys? Um... I don't know. That's still a little bit of a of a mystery to me. Um, you know, we try to leave early and give ourselves plenty of time to get focused and acclimated. And um, obviously, hadn't hadn't done that great here recently. I think um, I think we'll look at that when we get ready to take that next trip. When whenever that may be, I don't honestly. I don't even remember when that is. I just know we played Boise. I mean, I, I know we played Boise, and I know we played Utah State. That's that's all I can remember right now on our schedule. You uh, hitting the road this weekend? I am going uh, tomorrow to watch a game, and um, then I'm I'm leaving from there. I've got a Thursday night high school game. One of our top 
lineman, uh, one of our top recruits that I'm going to go watch, and then uh, I'm going to go watch my daughter play uh, volleyball in Oklahoma. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Oh, sweet! She played at the college level. She plays at a small um, college, a Division two college in Oklahoma called Southern Nazarene, and this will be my first time to. She's a sophomore. It'll be my first chance to to watch her play. So I'm yeah, I'm excited about that. Sweet. So when coach is on a on a bye week, and it'll be a little different for you because you're going to go uh, watch your daughter. But on an on an on an average bye week, <clears throat> how many players and potential recruits do you run around and make contact with? Because I've heard crazy stories of guys landing, driving to schools, you know, meeting support personnel, talking to coaches. You you really have to be really visible in a lot of places. What is that like in a normal bye week? Yeah, it just depends. You know, we've had the the fortune of having two this year, so it helped us a little bit in terms of spreading things out. Um, but we'll we'll all be heading different directions, and and you know, it, it kind of depends on the philosophy of the of the staff. Sometimes a head coach wants guys to get out and spend as many days as he can recruiting and coaching, and and your current team is kind of a kind of minimized that week. Other guy, other head coaches I've worked around really want to continue to focus on your own team and say if we win games, then the recruits will come. Um, we we take an approach probably somewhere in the middle. We always want to worry about our team and our players first, and so we've spent the first the first part of the week um, practicing, and we'll continue to do that the next couple of days. Then we'll hit the road. Like I said, tomorrow guys will go out either either Thursday or Friday and go watch different high school games. Um, but most guys will see one or two guys if you're if you're flying somewhere like I am. If you're going in state, then you know you can hit several different schools in a day, just as if you're if you're in the, the contact period uh, later on. Well, coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us during the bye week and enjoy that trip to Oklahoma. All right, you bet. Good talking to you guys. Jeff Grimes, BYU Offensive Coordinator. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. They have got to find a way to recapture that passion because he said he agreed with me. I thought it was obvious. It's something that you can't really specifically identify and put in a nice little neat paragraph, but it was clearly there. And we've all seen these guys play millions of times over the years, and I thought the effort and the intensity – as good as it was against SC, I thought it was better against Boise, and they have got to find a way. You might not be able to get that 100%, but you've got to get as close to it as you can. This team needs to play with aggressiveness. Uh, they need to take chances. They need to have that passion. And, like, it's literally your last game. And, you know, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but, you know, your football life, that type of stuff depends on it. Because if they can recapture what they had, and you don't need it the next three games, you should be able to win the next three games with a, a B effort. But you're gonna, you needed an A-plus effort against Boise, and you got it. And I think you're going to need very close to, if not the same thing, against Utah State uh, a week from Saturday, right? It's not a Friday game, right? It's a Saturday game, next uh, November 2nd, I think it is. It is. And they need to find a way. It, it, it is a must. You cannot have this letdown. Not this game. Because then you got three games where you don't need it. And then you got a 
regroup of that last game and get it against the Aztecs. And there's no reason now. You showed us you can do this. And now you've got to show you can do it again. Because anybody can do it once. And that's great. And that was phenomenal. And they reveled in it. But that's over now. And they have got to find that passion and put it on that field. Is that the Merlin Olsen field up there? They've got to do that next week in Logan. It's it's an absolute must. And I think their fans are going to be furious if they don't. I see no reason why they don't. I know it's, I'm sounding a little bit negative, but I'm PK. You have to recapture that. They've got to do it. And their fans are going to be furious if they don't. And they have every right to be furious because you showed it. It's, you know, the old thing where some kid gets a couple of A's and then decides, you know, say you got, uh, what, uh, four grading periods in high school, right? And you kick butt for three, and then in the fourth one, yeah, the weather gets warmer and what have you, and you put it on cruise control. That's not acceptable. So I'm signing off on all of that. I would just say that it will feel like a big game when they go in the stadium, and I think that helps generate it. Now, it's not the teams don't come out flat sometimes in big games or rivalry games, but this is absolutely a rivalry game. For Aggie sure. fans will make it sound like a rivalry game in the stadium. Oh, I'm going to get up there. there. I'm going to be, be screaming at the Cougars as they come out of the tunnel. a significant number of Cougar fans there. So it, Count me as one. If you're flat for this one, I can't, I can't really explain it. Oh, I'm going to be were talking, screaming at them. You, you were talking, I'll be in Seattle, but whatever. For show purposes. For, for the purposes of this radio show. You were at the Whittingham press conference, and then when we talked to the Utes on Tuesday when you are up there, you asked a couple times about, hey, with what happened with ASU, are you going to be fired up? And, you know, ASU had won the last couple years, and and obviously Huntley had gotten hurt in the game uh, down in Tempe a year ago. And they kind of acknowledged it, but they kind of soft-pedaled it. And then the game started. Yeah, well, Obviously, it was a big deal. And after it was over, they said it was a big deal. And it was. And I would expect the same thing out of BYU. They've lost to Utah State a couple times. It's going to be a big deal. The crowd's going to remind them if it's a big deal. So, man, if they don't come with that passion you're talking about, then I got nothing for you because you ought to be able to come with it for this game. I mean, you ought to be able to do it at Toledo or South Florida, but I don't know. You fly halfway across the country. You're in. You're playing in front of a smaller crowd. If you go to Florida, it's pretty know. much all the way across the country. Well, I think of all the way across country is from, you know, California or right. Washington. Right, hence pretty much. But it's more than halfway. It is more than halfway, well, You yes. said halfway, and I can't let inaccuracies ah, okay. go. Two-thirds I, I, I of can't. the way. Right. Two-thirds now, of the way. That doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. I understand 69.27% of the way. There. Fine. I put a number on it. They've got to recapture it. It was there. It was so obvious to I believe it was obvious to everyone watching. If you've watched BYU football for any length of time, and all Cougar fans do that, and others he's, do too, you saw it, man. He's, he's right about the way a running back can send yeah. a message. Oh, Jamal to Williams a team. did that all the time, right? And when they beat Oklahoma, Curtis in that Brown game did that in uh, Texas. Somebody, and it wasn't a star running back. And then maybe Yak would remember, but there Brian was a run. Korea was that who you know the yes. game I talked about early in the game. It's like Brian was it South like a, Korea. It wasn't. It wasn't a fifty yard run. It's like a seven or eight yarder. Yeah. But there yeah. was a collision at the end of the run. I oh, remember. You said, Whoa! That is what I said. Were you there? Weird. No, but I've been working with you shoulder to shoulder for eighteen freaking years. Whoa! Yeah, made me sit up. Straight. You know, I, you when you saw that, you went, Wang. And Wang. It's not Wang. It's and Wang.
and Wang. See? Do it right. If you're going to do it. I know, but... Pay the royalty stunning. Fee. That is trademarked. You I left want the cash because it's all about the money but at the end of the day. But you went straight to Wang. And <laughs> Wang. You that saved the school six hundred grand. No, that's six hundred thousand. Whoop de do. What am I supposed to say next? Paycheck is why I live in Utah. And that's uh, for fact. sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and Wang, there's two reasons why you live in Utah. <laughs> no, that's not why. <laughs> it's the paycheck. It's not in Wang. You're really a pain in the ass. You right, know that, right? I, I, that's I, a fact. I, I just want to be clear. I live in Utah for the love of the people. Sure you do. Okay. Well, That's why I live here, because I simply love You live this. here because Kurt Cragthorpe chased you out to the airport. Two things. Before security changed. The citizens and the soil. Those are the two reasons. <laughs> the citizens and the soil. Yes. Attic those kid. are the two reasons why I live here. I could live anywhere. Fetch yeah. <laughs> uh, the love of the people. The citizens. So you've lived in four states. If there were a fifth state, where would you want to live? I worked for the fifth state. What are you talking about? That was nice, but seriously, answer the question. <laughs> well, I, have, I have never Born thought, in Jersey, I've moved to Arizona. I know. So just, we got a minute before break here. No, but you're catching me off guard here. I, I don't know that I would... I think if all things being considered, and I... Didn't have to worry about commutes or money or what have you. I would live along the coast of uh, Los Angeles County. There it is. So you you wouldn't go to a fifth state. You'd go back to the third one of your four. If I had an absolute and I didn't have to worry about yeah, jumping on the freeway. Money's not an blah, issue blah, 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 and commuting's not an issue because it's very expensive and right, it's right. very I hard to get around. I can't around. afford it. Right. I mean, obviously. And, and, and You're I, no Norm Chow. I do very well for myself, but I cannot afford that. But that stretch of real no. estate, no, it's, off it's, the it's, charts. It's, it is. It's off the charts, for sure. But I think that's where it would be. As far as another state, uh, you know, I think maybe I've, I would... But now I see these weather issues, and I'm thinking, wait a second. Do I really want to go to Florida and yeah, have to evacuate? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and you hear about Texas... Yeah, and you know I've, I've I've been to Texas many times for work. I've been to Austin, Texas. I've fantasized like Austin. You hear Austin? You, uh, see, no. you see those Austin city limits on television? Mm-hmm. They do those concerts, and I've been to Austin multiple times for work. Uh, so maybe there. How about you? Uh, the most family I have in one spot right now is Hawaii, but I I don't know. And Yach's laughing right now. Family have anything to do with it? Uh, it's fun to be around them. Yeah, but that's extended. So you're just blowing off your brothers, your immediate yeah, family? pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's issues. <laughs> Screw I mean, you guys. I mean, I know you I guys. I don't really, well, I got one brother in Chicago, and I don't really want to live in Chicago. Yeah, but you're with your brother. Yeah, I know, but I really it's don't want to live in Chicago. It's cold and windy. Yeah. I, I think warm weather and family that come. And I do have a brother in Orange County. Live but, there. But with you, but again, it's off the charts. But it's fantasy, Dave. It's fantasy. Now, Don't you have fantasy at home every once in a while? Well, that's why Hawaii. You told me. Although although I know people get island fever and I wonder if that would be me. Well, I think it's obvious for you guys. You're going to live in Missouri one day, though, so we know about uh, that. Oh. That's what you tell me. <laughs> Not only is Yach bobbing yeah. his head, but he's biting his lip. I don't really want to go to Missouri, but yeah, yeah PK's so, right. I've got to go I'm not there. sure what that's all about, but I've heard <laughs> that. So well, now we've, got, fo- we've got more segments this morning. That means more commercial I breaks. Mean, Yach can explain it to you either on the air or off. I mean, when we speak of independence, I always thought we were talking about BYU football. Oh, so, no, so, you know, nope, 
Oh, nope, that's it. We nope. got to go to break. Okay, we got to go to break. Leave on a high note. So, you know, I know you're going to do that. Stan's over here. Can't I, I, top and himself. I'll come visit you, particularly if <laughs> there's something visit. in it for me. <laughs> come on out. And Splat. then that'd be great, man. <laughs> Wouldn't have to worry about a tea time at all here. Go wherever Clear I want. Clear out. I'm come going on to in. play. Yeah. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join Hanson Scouting Monday, October 28th from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. Today is a Wednesday. That means it's a win tickets Wednesday. We've been con- giving away concert tickets for a while, but uh, later in this show we're going to be giving away tickets to see the Jazz and the Kings, courtesy of your local Ford stores. Uh, they're playing Saturday here, so if you're looking for uh, free tickets to Saturday night's game, stick around. We'll be doing that in a little while here on the show. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, is coming up. We'll talk college football with him. But today, PK, yeah, it's not really about the college football scene tonight world series game two rsl's second playoff game the jazz first game of 82 and as you pointed out on our facebook page byu stuff on byu tv all announced in eastern time what are you gonna watch (laughs) i put it out on twitter that was the best touch (laughs) people don't know that i'm just copy and pasting off your facebook question and i'm getting some pretty good reaction on twitter (laughs) Some of us along the lines of, what's wrong with you? Did PK take over your body? Well, actually, kind of, sort of, yeah. If you're not going to have fun with it, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> Enough seriousness in the world. And that seriously bugs me, that BYU with the BYU, uh, the Eastern <laughs> Time Zone. Ain't nobody watching at, it back there. At 9 o'clock Eastern, yeah, 7 o'clock that's Mountain. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Just go with Mountain Time. Stay in your lane. So... Matt, just Matt, says the road to 82-0 begins with the first game. Got to support the team. It's going to end quickly then if that's 82-0. Yeah. Can they get to (laughs) 3-0? Can they be 3-0 when we come back here on Monday morning? I think they can, yeah. But the Lakers losing uh, last night will put a little fire into their bellies more. Absolutely. got the Lakers Friday night, right? They do. So later game is not 8-30. So uh, that's going to be hard. And then the back-to-back, Sacramento's home, so you're coming back. Right. So that, that's, that's good news there. But, yeah, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, you can argue that this is the greatest, October's the greatest sports month in the entire calendar. Football's getting real, both in college and pro. Oh, we got sure, World yeah. Series in the NBA. Now that they've moved the start back a couple of years ago to a try and get rid so. of some of the yeah. – some of the back-to-backs. It used to be closer to Halloween, and yeah. so now it's a week earlier because Halloween is a week away, obviously. So, yeah, this is a convergence of pretty much everything, really. Uh, you know, you can throw in hockey, and you mentioned the playoff soccer. I know, that thing's on Fox Sports tonight, the, the RSL game. I'll check that out. It's a playoff game. Guys are being balling out, man. I don't care. I'm a playoff junkie. I don't care what the sport is. I won't be locked down on it because I don't know. It's going to be hard. I'll probably be locked down on the jazz since it's work, and work always takes precedent over everything when it comes to sports viewing, particularly the jazz. 
always, obviously. So, and then I'll branch out from there. World uh, Series at six, Jazz at seven, RSL at eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, there's a bunch of other games to just brand new. It's the NBA. It's like opening day in baseball. You just channel surf. It's a whole bunch of games. So, absolutely, man. This is a great time of year. And then, of course, you've got uh, BYU TV. Breaking it down, whatever BYU TV does. Probably playing Lassie or something. Uh, don't they do like a bunch of shows and on football? Studio C. Inside the Cougar Huddle? Or? Oh, the after something review. Yeah, don't they, like and don't, then they, don't they have stuff on? If they're not, they, they should. They also so. play a bunch of Disney movies. Okay, well, you know, wholesome entertainment its what it's all about. You know, I'll flick on my one channel after the kids go to bed. Uh, we've got people here. Uh, Kyle says, two TVs, two games, go Jazz, go RSL. Load them up. Multiple TVs yeah, in the man cave. I don't have two TVs together. Well, you do do the laptop. Correct, I do. And the TV. I do that for football. Yeah. Well, you could do that tonight. Mm, I could, but I won't. <laughs> you won't. It'll be bad. It'll be old school with the remote. Just I mean, football's easier to do that because yep, they, they take huddle a break. up and there's yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So it's a little harder because obviously with soccer, it, for ninety minutes, it's absolute nonstop action, and if you miss anything, you, you could, can you can fifteen seconds and then go from one end of the field right. to the other. I mean, and score a goal in a flash. Yeah, and I don't want to miss that excitement. That is now, Major League Soccer. Now you're landing on thick. No, you actually thought I was serious. I like that. He no, thought he I really, thought I was serious. I really did. No, he, he did too, Yacht. No. Didn't he early? You were clearly, early in the statement. He you thought were clearly you, messing around. You were rolling with him for a second. Yeah, there. you were. Admit it. Come on, it's okay, man. People will love you more if you admit admit your weakness for once and quit acting like you're perfect. Ryan says, David, <laughs> it's jazz season. All other sports are just filler content in between games. It's jazz season. Yeah. It's time to play jazz basketball. That's, jazz my, that's basketball. my bowler. Jazz basketball. Jazz basketball. Come on. Get, get <laughs> that's the Malone. Jazz. Jazz. I'll never wear a jazz uniform again. Jazz. <laughs> yes, you will. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> How much more money you want? <laughs> You're going to wear it right to the end, practically. So, yeah. Okay, that's fine. If that's what you want, opening game. Yeah. I mean, they, huge, huge. It's opening night, man. It's big. Eric says it might be a Buffalo Wild Wings type of night. Ah, Buffalo Wild Wings. See, go out, get something to eat, multiple TVs. You got them all up there. That's for sure. Then just whatever seems the most interesting in the moment, just keep the head on a swivel. It's kickoff coverage. Head on a swivel. Uh, Yeah, I was there. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings a couple of Saturdays ago, uh, Oregon State, with the Utes. And uh, there were several TVs watching several games. Several people came up to me and... PK'd me. It was a great time. Great time was had by all, especially when you're up 21 nothing after the first quarter. DJ PK coming up next. We're talking football with our college football insider, Riley Jensen. Stay with us.